Tom Chick. My game of the week is an Avon Colony. Uh, my name is Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Surviving Mars because I don't have it yet, and it makes me sad. Well, you know, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, oh. That's why that's why Avon Colony is not my game of the week, because I've been messing around with Surviving Mars a little bit. Uh, and and it's I think the points of comparison are very important. They, they are very, very similar game really? games. Yeah, and uh, Surviving Mars is going to have to do a little bit of heavy lifting to compete with Avon Colony because Avon Colony is super polished. Um, it's Ooh. certain it's been patched. There's been some new content added to it. It's in better a better state now than it was when it was out. There were some interface issues that they've done a really good job dealing with. Um, but what I want to talk about are some of the important differences between Avon Colony and Surviving Mars because they're not exactly the same thing. Um, and oh, by the I'm way, curious. yeah, I mean, like I look at it and it looks like Anno to me, but I, I haven't played it. Sure, right, before. exactly. The Anno games, like tw- what's the last? Not two thousand twenty-seven. No, twenty-seven. Somebody pointed this out to me is that it always adds up to nine. No, like the no, yeah, no joke. And I looked back, it does, but it's twenty seventy. That's okay. Why Explain. Oh, twenty two oh seven. Twenty two seventy yep. doesn't add up to nine. That's eleven, McMaster. Oh wait, twenty seventy. Twenty seventy. It's not Anno twenty two seventy. No, it's twenty seventy. Man, we've got to get we've got to get humping if in the next fifty years we're going to have the kind of technology in that game that 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 game has. Oh yeah, so yeah, it's what twenty two oh five twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven. God, that's pretty close. That game's real badass for twenty seventy. <laughs> then how do you explain uh, anno fourteen oh two? Um, I uh, you know. You don't, McMaster, because it's called Anno fourteen oh three. Wait, fourteen oh. Wait, to add up to it has to add up to nine. Yeah. Wait, fourteen oh. What is it? Anno fourteen oh five. No. Oh yeah, Anno fourteen oh five. No, Anno four. Yeah, fourteen oh four. It's fourteen oh four. Yeah, that's eight. <laughs> eight plus one nine. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, listen to us do math. We're really good at math, McMaster. And then there's Anno seventeen oh one, which is nine as well. No. Oh right, right. The one seven zero one. Yeah. See. Fifteen zero three. That's funny. okay. Pretty clever. I didn't know that either. I've learned something. Yeah, new. that's uh, autistic angel. The, the guy that watches on streams. Uh, he he um he he's the one pointed that out. Yeah. They should just have an anno nine. Yeah. Like a Roman Empire one. Anno nine. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, McMaster, I want to read you something that I just read in the Washington Post. Okay. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I have not touched a physical Washington Post in you know a decade or, or more. I, I, you know, you read things. They have, they have a great website. When you say you read something in the paper, yeah, but you, you read always, something on yeah. a site. Like I read Tom Chick's Dave Sex Review on quarter to three. You would never say I read it in quarter to three. If I read something at the Washington Post 
website. Should I say I read it in the Washington Post or on the Washington Post? That's a good question. All right. Whatever the case, this is something that the Washington Post published today. How about that? Okay. Sounds good to me. I'm with you. Here we go. The president has complained Uh that McMaster is too rigid and that his briefings go on too long and seem irrelevant. Hmm. What do you have to say about that, McMaster? Well, I am rigid. Oh, I'm rigid, all right. Uh, well, you know, he's seen my stream, uh, apparently. So, And he thinks they go on too long, and they seem right. irrelevant. That's a real dick thing to say about someone's stream. There, there are kinder it's, ways to say that. There, you can say uh, there's a lot of content there. Sure. You know, you don't have to say it's too long and it seems irrelevant. You can say it covers many topics. You know, I don't uh, know why Trump had to be a dick about it. So that's why my Twitter kicked up pretty hard today. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, he is. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Literally, like moments before we went to record, uh, the Post did publish some pretty heavily substantiated rumors that McMaster's on his way out. So maybe oh, your Twitter feed will yeah. lighten up. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, you know, I don't know how great it is for the country, but it's better for my Twitter feed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because he doesn't seem that bad, I guess. I mean, he's naming master, for God's sakes. Look at him. Beautiful man. Uh, I I kind of sometimes <laughs> wish that my Twitter handle was just a Kushner. Just Kushner. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, a lot we, of fun. But geez, wouldn't we be the pair? <laughs> uh, right. Master and Kushner. That's right. Together. Yeah. All right, let me tell you then about Surviving Mars, McMaster. So we open this podcast with a a song that asks the question, is there life on Mars? I can answer that question. Almost, uh, yes, but almost there wasn't. Because here's the thing that happened in Surviving Mars, McMaster. You you land a bunch of robots, right? Because you can't just send people there to to harvest moon rocks or whatever. Uh, No, that's nuts. Yeah, so you got to have robots like establish a beachhead, and they have to build a, a dome where people can live in it. Uh, and you can't call in a rocket of of uh, of people of colonists until you've got that dome. Actually, you know what? I think you can, but they'll just die. It's uh, a real dig move, space. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, sure. it's a real yeah. It's a great prank, but uh, it's kind <laughs> of a jerky thing to do. Yeah, it's a good prank though. I'll give you that. So I built this dome, and uh, you know I had you have to give oxygen and water uh, for it. And I was I had a whole rocket ship full of food that they could eat because I thought it might be a while before before they could grow their own. You got solar panels making electricity. So I get this thing set up, and uh, I I you you tell it you tell the rocket ship, hey, what do you want me to carry? The rocket ship's like, hey, what should I carry? And when you're uh, getting resupplied, that's pretty simple. You just go down a list of of goods, and you choose what you want loaded on the rocket ship. When you choose colonists, and this is one way that uh, Surviving Mars is very different from Avon Colony, colonists are characterized by things like their jobs, and they have traits and perks. Uh, Surviving Mars seems much more colonist or personality-centric, whereas Avon Colony is much more about resource management and resource chains. Uh, that seems to be less of what's going on in, in Surviving Mars. So oh. my first group of 12 colonists, McMaster, the rocket ship lands, and it's really cute. The little dudes come running out. 
Now, I thought they were going to be a little bigger because of the robots that are driving around. I assumed they were tiny robots, but that it kind of means they're pretty big robots. So I had to zoom in, and a little line of 12 colonists, and they're in their little spacesuits. They run out of the, oh, yeah. the rocket ship, and they're running towards the dome. Twelve of them come out. As soon as the last one clears, four of them – and I've got capacity, by the way, for 14 – so I can have all of them, and they can have two babies before we start having to you know, rub sure, elbows yeah. too much. Yeah. Right, yeah. Twelve of them walk off the rocket ship. Immediately, four of them turn around and get back on the rocket ship. <laughs> They're like, oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I don't know why. There's plenty of space for them to live. I don't know what the deal was, uh, but they just didn't want any part of it. The joke, however, McMaster, is on them because – it takes like a year to refuel those rocket ships. <laughs> so so the guys are sitting there just sulking in the rocket ship for however long it takes me to refuel it, which which is a long time. Uh, that's pretty hilarious. So you're like, yeah, get comfortable, assholes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I, you can also rename all of your colonists. I have not got a Jason McMaster in there yet. I'm waiting oh, to get the right sure. guy. sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's got to have some real special traits. <laughs> or just, you know, I, I need, yeah, it, I just need someone who can do the kind of work that you would do on Mars, McMaster. I don't know what that would be, but I'm sure when I when I see it, I'll know. I would probably be the uh, lawman uh, beating up the wrong guy. I don't know if there is crime in surviving Mars. Oh. That's a good question. I know there's health care. I know there's education. There may not be crime. So yeah, I yeah you meant it, you would be like the uh, the Sean Connery in um, what's that High Noon remake in space with him and Peter Boyle? Oh, God. Outland, Outland, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, You'd be the space sheriff. Well, obviously, but I mean, you know, you'd have to get me a special hat and stuff. Right. So this game sounds like it's more for people like me. Um, I don't think it's I. I, and I think it's exactly for people who would enjoy Avon Colony. Um, oh. It it leans a little bit more towards this idea of emphasizing the colonists, like I mentioned. Not to, to the degree uh, Firefly, they made this really cool and I think sadly overlooked game called Space Colony, which was kind of like the Sims in space and super focused on the personalities of the different characters. And all the characters were canned, by the way. You never like roll your own. They had preset characters that would show up. And you had to right. deal with their interactions. This isn't that level, but it's certainly along the same lines as – I almost want to say Crusader Kings in terms of how Crusader Kings' Ooh. personalities uh, were a significant factor in what happened in Crusader Kings. Oh, yes. Very much Here, so. Here, I'm guessing that personalities are a significant factor uh, in terms of what happens. Like I, I had – okay, so – I wanted uh, guys to just work on rare metals so that I could export the stuff, export the stuff, and, and sell it. Um, you can go into a specific area and and click on different people working there, and you can see all the modifiers they might have because they're, you know, lazy or upset or they don't have the skills. Um, you can fire people. Uh, huh. People. So here's what happened with me, and the reason there almost wasn't life on Mars. So uh, I've, I'm, I'm rearranging who works where, and I'm also like building, okay, I need more solar panels. At a certain point, I started getting messages. Oh, so-and-so is, is uh, hungry, is starving. And I just brought in 120 pieces of food. I don't know if they ate through all of it, so I looked, and nope, there's all the food. And it was just sitting on a pallet out in, in, 
in open air. It's not even air on Mars. Uh, and I don't know why the robots weren't bringing it to the colonists, so that was confusing. So while I was looking into that, I started getting messages that they're thirsty. Then I started getting messages that they're cold and they're going to die of hypothermia. Then I started getting messages that they were suffocating. Oh. So I was looking on my little panel, and I'm producing plenty of oxygen, McMaster, plenty of electricity to presumably heat the dome. I don't know what's going on. The food isn't going in there. Eventually, I figured out, McMaster, I hadn't turned the dome on. Oh, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. There's an on-off button, and uh, at some point, either I turned it off or it started off, but they were living in a dome that, that the, just the switch hadn't been flipped. Uh, you know, to be fair to you, though, why would it not be on? <laughs> just I'll tell you why. Because be <laughs> well, be before you bring in colonists, you have to build a bunch of infrastructure for it. So rather than having it run and sapping your electricity and your oxygen and your water – uh, you, I think you might need it turned off. Uh, uh, here's one of my issues with surviving Mars, and I don't recall having this issue with Avon Colony. Uh, is it, I, it's not doing a very good job of handholding, and I'm okay with that. I don't mind realizing, oops, turn on the dome. Uh, and there's a there's a pretty hearty encyclopedia that you can look stuff up on. Uh, for instance, I was building a solar panel, and I put something right adjacent to it thinking that it would power it, and it, it wasn't getting power. You have to manually build little power lines, uh, which is kind of a pain in the butt, but it's part of their whole city-building conceit is you've got to have power lines and pipes moving around. It's like in SimCity where you used to have uh, power lines and sewage. Uh, some of the SimCities liked to do that sort of thing. Uh, oh, yeah. So it doesn't do a good job holding your hand with this. Uh, so the new user experience, I was never taught – Hey, turn on the dome. <laughs> uh, I had to figure that out on my own. Fortunately, I did for those twelve col or excuse me, eight colonists, the one who went into the dome. Yeah. Uh, so that's one way it's different from Avon Colony. Another way, McMaster, that it's very different from Avon Colony. Avon Colony just has fixed maps, and I I don't know about you, but these days I think that's kind of a bummer. I'm, I'm so used to procedurally generated terrain. I'm so used to this idea of seeing a map load up, and I'm yeah. the first one to discover it, and it could, it's going to be completely unique, and it'll be different from any other map that I've ever played. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing like – yeah, I don't think they've added a rent. Yeah, Avon Colony just doesn't have that. They've got some preset maps with preset conditions. It's scenario-based, right? And I think you can just load up a map and play for the fun of it. But mostly it's a scenario-based game where you have to unlock successive scenarios. Um, surviving Mars, not like that at all. Just create it's, – it's randomly generating uh, terrain. You can go to preset sites when you first start. You get a little globe of Mars, and you can click on specific sites. Or you can just click in the middle of nowhere. It's like RimWorld, I think, and it will give you parameters of, okay, That's this little area – oh, I go ahead. Keep Oh, sorry. No, I just keep you know, thinking about that. It's like they mixed a survival game or like a RimWorld kind of game with like SimCity or something. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, uh, it is, you know, it's all about how many minerals are here and there are anomalies you discover and you send out rovers. And, and even when you choose a site, the site itself consists of like a, a 10 by 10 grid and you're exploring mm -hmm. the rover and the different grids. And, wow. Uh, so it, it, it just feels – the sense of exploration and discovery is really gratifying, and there's, there's just nothing like that in Avon Colony. Avon Colony added this right. kind of mission system where you can send missions out, but I think they would even go off map to do their missions. Uh, but 
surviving Mars feels much more like exploring uh, a new planet, discovering new stuff, deciding where you want to go, and it's it's unique to you, to your game, whatever terrain you found. Uh, so I really miss that in Avon Colony, and I like discovering that in Surviving Mars. Also in Surviving Mars, McMaster, and this reminds me of one of the, the things that I really liked in Sid Meier's Beyond Earth, which for the most part I didn't care for. But one of the really cool things about Beyond Earth was when you started a game, you didn't really have normal factions so much. Well, maybe you forget if you had factions, but one of the cool things at the beginning of Beyond Earth was you would decide your 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 starting loadout. Like these are the astronauts, and this is the kind of module they're going to land in, and oh, those huh. little factors would kind of give you significant advantages or bonuses or even weaknesses, and it would make the starting of a game uh, different and exciting every time. Because normally in a game like that. You know, build your first city, wait for it to grow, make another colonist, wait for that to grow, now build a military unit. You're going through the steps, but when they mix up the starting conditions like that, it, it adds some excitement and variability to those first several turns. Um, uh, how did I miss uh, that game? Uh, I, Beyond I, Earth? I, I, I don't – well, I think it was just a – it was kind of for access just sort of whiffing, I think. What, what is it called when you barely hit the, the baseball? Oh yeah, no, that'd be a, yeah, like uh, or oh, um, I guess a foul. Or, punting, uh, punting. Yeah, punting, that was for, sure, sure. That was Fraxis just punting. Um, so that's why you you missed it, and it it, it kind of falls apart and just becomes a, a rote Civ clone. But 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 so what I like in Surviving Mars when you start a game, you choose uh, who is sponsoring your mission. And there are things there like the, the ESA, European Space Agency, or NASA, or USA, or Russia. There's even things like the Holy Ark of the Brotherhood or something, and where all your new colonists are religious. So your, your starting sponsor gives you a, a perk or a bonus or a specific parameter that applies throughout the game, maybe a unique tech. You also choose a commander. Like, what do you want your commander's background to be? Is he a soldier? Is oh. he an explorer? Is he an inventor? And that also gives you some specific perk or uh, ability. So those two choices there determine what kind of game you're going to have, uh, in, especially in the early going. Wow. Uh, and then the, the final choice you make is uh, – and this reminds me a bit of what they tried to do with Stellaris. Stellaris will have these endgame storylines that kick in. Uh, in Mars, there are – I think they're called mysteries. And you can choose one of the mysteries, or you can just, as huh. if it's a mystery – have it be random. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. So, but otherwise, I'm I'm really enjoying. It looks like a pretty decent, you know, city builder. It's uh, the guys who made it. They're uh, called Heimamont. They're these Bulgarians who've been doing these kind of games for a while. They've run the Tropico franchise. Uh, I think oh, since huh. three. That's those guys. Okay. Yeah, it's the Tropico guys. So Heimamont, uh, I think is how you say it. Uh, so surviving Mars. Um, one of the reasons that Avon Colony is not my game of the week, McMaster. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, let me tell you about something that not is not in Surviving Mars, so far as I know. Uh, <sighs> there are no uh, rats. You won't oh, find God. no vermin on Mars. <clears throat> I, I don't think, unless you bring them with you, I don't think you're going to run into them. So, is that what you were doing instead of uh, instead of killing rats? You're on Mars. <laughs> is that what it was? <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm way behind with my rat killing. I've barely, I haven't even messed with the, the Skaven in Warhammer 2. Like I, I was all like, oh, it's going to be super cool when the Skaven get there, and then I just didn't bother to play it. <laughs> so I haven't even killed rats there, much less in the game oh. that you're about to tell us about. 
Yeah, so Vermintide 2 came out. It sold really well, which I'm happy for those guys. Um, that's a, it's, it's a huge improvement on the first game, in my opinion. Come on, it's just how can, it's, you just run around, you you get things swarming you, and you spam the left click, and you punch them, and they die, so, or you die, and then you're done. You know, I, and I don't remember as much about the first game, but I think it's new that there's three different specializations that you can get, and you level up each class and stuff like that. Um, so, like, for instance, if you play the mercenary, you start out, or Kruber or whatever, you start as the mercenary, and then you can get the, he's like the huntsman. He's like a stealth guy that uses a bow, and then his final one that you unlock at level 12 is the knight, which is a guy with a sheen, you know, you can do a charge and stuff, and they all have different skill trees and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, but that's not really, I mean, that's really cool, and it adds hooks to it so you can play it, but, like, the... The thing I like so much about it, actually, is the maps are, like, really open. Um, whereas Vermintide felt really claustrophobic. Um, these maps, you're in the countryside, you're in the woods, you're, you're like, fighting up these, like, uh, through these villages that are built on the sides of like mountains and stuff you you go through a uh, dwarven like a giant dwarven fortress that has been taken over by Skaven you know stuff like that it's just like uh, the levels are really fantastic um, they are you added with bots no no I've been playing with a lot of people quarter to three I have played with bots some just you know to try some stuff out and the bots are fine you know they're not they're not, like, any worse than they were in the first one, but, I mean, well, actually, I'm sure they're better, in fact. When you play with bots, do you get uh, progress towards advancing a character? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, make absolutely. sure they weren't doing any silly, like, EA shenanigans, or, nope, you only get oh, XP no. if you play online with random people. Oh, no, no, you can totally play um, and get experience and everything um, that way. And uh, you unlock weapons, and you can, you know, break them down and stuff like Wait, that. And crafting? Craft. Yeah, there's a lot of crafting and stuff. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. It's not bad. It's not that hard either, really. Um, Master, can you loan me three strips of leather, a of stone, course. and an ingot of iron? Well, yeah. I mean, you can get all that yourself. I mean, you know, <laughs> teach a man to stone and leather. And I don't know. But... Uh, <laughs> but uh, and of course, like you know, another thing about the game that's so great, and, and this is present in the first one, it's just like really satisfying melee combat. And it's really just constant, just like really crunchy, like crazy feeling, like waves of dudes coming in, and you're just cutting them down. Um, it has the Left for Dead special character kind of stuff in it, of course. You know the the wizards that. You know, make you spin around in a poison tornado, or the the rat catchers guys that'll grab you with their little hooks and try to pull you away and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's really cool. It's it's got a lot of great um, a lot of great stuff going on, and the maps are just fantastic. You say it sold really well. Have there been like a what's the basis for that? Like, did they release some announcement? Hey, we're kicking ass. Yeah, some sales. they uh, yeah they announced that they sold over five hundred thousand copies last week. Oh. It's a little bit better than that game Lead and Gold did that they released. Yes, 
yeah, it's it's considerably better. Yeah, lead and gold wasn't that bad, but it no, was no, like, I loved lead and gold. Yeah, Fat it, Shark. No. That's that put Fat Shark on the map for me. I loved what they did there. No, yeah, uh, nobody would play it. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, it's like you'd log on and go, oh, this is awesome, and then never find a game. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so happy for them with uh, the Vermintide games that those are doing oh, well because yeah. Fat Fat Shark, uh, they they deserve to do well. They do good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and this game is uh, absolutely no exception. It's it's been a uh, it's been a great time so far. Uh, good time with the people on the forums. Part of why I haven't played with you, McMaster, is I'm I'm still in the Metal Gear Survive. I'm afraid. Oh my, uh, yeah. And when it comes to just like wanting to jump into a game that has like crafting and killing a bunch of trash mobs, my go-to of these days is still Metal, Metal Gear Survive. I'm afraid. It's like I I want to jump back into it, but it just kind of I don't know. Eh. McMaster, I let me ask you this: Is there is there mist in Vermintide 2? Uh, no, there are. Um, the uh, Skaven have those uh, screaming bells. What's a screaming yeah. bell? What do you mean a screaming bell? It's this giant bell that just drives the Skaven into a murder frenzy. So, I mean, that's kind of cool, too. It's got its moments. Someone carry it around? What do you mean a giant bell? No, like it's no. like a well, that's one of the missions, in fact, is you have to climb to the top of this uh, village and destroy this uh, screaming bell that they have up there. You have it's to a cut screaming off bell? It's sc- bells are the, they peel, P-E-A-L. A bell peels. It doesn't scream. Well, yeah, but this is a magic one. I mean, come on. And it's screaming? Oh, it screams. That's freaky. Well, I don't know if it actually screams, but uh, uh, the, the, it's what it's called in Warhammer, at least. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, McMaster, I don't want to make you jealous or anything, but I have been recently killing. Uh, I'm working on. I'm about to go get my third one. Uh, something called a screaming antelope in oh. a Kingdom Death Monster. <laughs> I, I knew that was coming because I knew the second you said screaming, I was like screaming. Yeah. Oh, so you knew that there was a screaming antelope. Okay, yep. that's just that's just one of the freaky things. Like, there's a lot of freaky stuff, but this idea of a screaming antelope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now that game, I've looked at a bunch of the figures, uh, and it's so freaky. You can come on over, and I'll show you some of them. God, yeah, that thing's so scary looking too. It's all like creepy looking, and ugh. no screaming bells though, so far that I at least if there are any in Kingdom Death Monster, I haven't found them yet. So well, I mean, you got to work on that. You got to work harder. Uh, are you leveling up multiple characters in Vermintide Two, McMaster, or are you just devoted to one? Um, I've leveled a little bit on a few of them, but mostly just the mercenary. When you and I play, I'm going to need you to level up your, your iron monger to collect iron for me. Iron. Ink. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, of course. I'll be all over that. The iron monger. It's my Is favorite that one of the character. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. He just likes to collect ingots. That's yeah. He's got a pickaxe and he just farms basically. Yeah. yeah. He's the merchant class in Vermintide. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I, I just founded Metal Gear Solid. By the way, I, I dinged level 30 while I was streaming the other night. So, uh, oh. no, that's not the correct response, McMaster. The correct response is Gratz. I meant Gratz. That's what I, I meant to say. But it kind of <laughs> came out weird. It just sounded like an exasperated sigh, but it was really a Gratz. Okay, fair enough. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It got caught. Uh, it's like a weird packet loss thing on the internet. <laughs> uh, I just unlocked mortars. Now, Oh. I've unlocked different kinds of mortar. I've unlocked the kind of mortar that you, you know, it's like a little a, a, a man portable artillery unit, that kind of mortar, you know, where oh, the, wow. the guy throws the shell in the tube and then turns away and the tube launches it. So I, I just 
uh, I can craft those now. Remember when you used to make fun of me because I couldn't make Molotov cocktails? Well, I've come a long way, baby. I can Ew. craft a mortar. <laughs> I'm crafting artillery, McMaster. It was really funny when you couldn't make Molotov, so. I don't remember that. It just was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago, yeah. But then there are also mortars. There are now uh, – I forget. What do they call the zombies? Detay is the stupid world. What are they called the zombies in that? Oh, God. I don't remember. <laughs> what are they called? <laughs> Candy corn-headed thing. Yeah, whatever. yeah. Whatever. Well, I've now discovered one who shoots a mortar out of his like arm. He's got an arm cannon. Well, so a- he's like a super-ranged attacker, and when you're doing the defense missions – he just like hangs out outside the wall and lobs these things in at your little thumper deal that you're trying to protect, which is really rude. So I, I need you to go out there and kill him, McMaster. I, so I need your help. All right. I Quit playing that Vermintide thing. You know, you you and your you and your help, you won't even play co-op. <laughs> we, did play a little, we did play a little co-op in Metal Gear Survive, though, by the way. So that that went well. Sure, sure. Yeah, you were jungling, I believe. With, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, well, you, you needed, referred to. You need a jungler on your team, exactly. <gasps> oh, you need a jungler. You're going to need that jungler. There's no. But Master, did we that. play anti-hero? Yes. Just today, uh, they added a powder house. Now really? I don't know what that is. It makes me think of a place that you go to put on like makeup. <laughs> I sure, don't know. That's- what I would think, sure, but it yeah. might be gunpowder. Oh, you know that makes way more sense because it gives you a discount on the saboteur. I should oh, okay, sure. and you blow stuff gunpowder. Well, why don't they call it a gunpowder house? It could have been or crowded house or something. It would have been fine too. Yeah, powder. It sounds like makeup or what you you know what what uh, magisters do with their wigs. Snuff. Uh, that's yeah, right. Maybe is that powder? That that's not powder. I don't I don't know what snuff is, but it's so like it, a powdered tobacco. <laughs> ew, gross. Oh, yeah. the stuff. Yeah, ew, that sounds horrible. It's, it, it's pretty nasty. Yeah. Sounds like the one way worse than dip that you could ingest tobacco. Oh yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty nasty. Uh, so a powder house. When you start a game of of antihero now, one of the buildings on the map is randomly replaced with a powder house. And it used to be that the maps would have fixed buildings. So you would know, okay, the orphanage is going to be here, and there's a church. Uh, yeah. Or there's always going to be like two banks, or they wouldn't have fixed positions, but you'd always know what quantity of things there were on a map. Well, now one of them is randomly replaced with a powder house, so you can't be entirely sure. Oh. <laughs> I like that game. I'm just really rotten at it. You know, oh, me too. Yeah. So I hereby challenge you to a game of anti oh, oh, God. <laughs> I'm throwing my gauntlet down. All right, sure, yeah. Yeah. Last time it didn't go so well either, I think. Did one of us win? Who won? I don't remember. I think you quit after a while. <laughs> <laughs> you, you stopped playing. I think it That's was one way fun. to win, McMaster. Oh, yeah, it- yeah. You never finished. <laughs> yeah. Best way to win is to, to refuse to keep playing. I think that's oh, yeah. a quote from War Games. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, the only way to win is not to play, right? So, yeah. Uh, also, McMaster, one of my favorite strategy games, Endless Space 2, recently got two little mini DLCs. Uh, one of them, they're each $3. Uh, one of them is uh, it's a, some new heroes that you can recruit, some new minor factions, 
which are basically like neutrals that you find around on the map that you can court for favors and you can uh, assimilate them into your empire. Uh, and there are new quest chains as well. So that, that's one uh, set of DLC called Untold Tales. They also added some DLC called Lost Symphony. Huh. $3 and it's new musical tracks. Oh, that's not too bad, depending on if you like musical tracks. Exactly, but if you're like me and you turn them off the first thing um, when you start yeah. up a game, what, what's the point of that? Yeah, well, yeah, that probably wasn't a big sell for you on the Stellaris thing either, huh? <laughs> Wait, there are new musical tracks in that as well? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'm not even sure that I knew it had music. Just, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, it, for people like me who might see Lost Symphony and think, oh, there's nothing in there for me. They did throw into the bundle, in addition to the musical tracks, one minor faction called the Harmony Faction that is like a sound-based alien race. Oh, snap. Yeah, so if I want those guys, I, I need to just suck it up and get the pack of new music. In which, you know, if I, if I get DLC with new music, I might turn the music on. Yeah, just check it out. Yeah, exactly. Think about it. Hell, you paid for it. Yeah. What's the last strategy game you played, McMaster? Jeez, pretty recent. Off-world trading? How'd that go? <laughs> oh, God. Well, play, shut up. Play, playing solo, it goes great. No, I mean, I can beat the game 1v1 on manager. I just, I don't know. God, I'm just rotten at that. Well, because playing solo will uh, create bad habits because you get used to, when you play solo, the game pausing when you're going to build yeah. something. Multiplayer, first of all, the other guy might know what he's doing. That's A. But B, that's the bad not, side. <laughs> yeah, that's the main one. But then B, it's not going to pause when you're building stuff, or it, it, oh, no. it's not going to let you just sit down and think. Like I, I can kind of approach Offworld Trading Company as a turn-based game almost, sure. in that I can boot it up, and if I want, I can sort of pause it and just sit down with a cup of coffee and study the map and think, eh, should I do this or that? And Offworld Trading Company is more than happy to let me play it that way, single player. But, uh, right, and you know another thing that drives me nuts too is one thing. Another thing I like about all four trading company is I can speed it up if like I've got nothing going on. Right, exactly. You know? And uh, oh boy, that sure is fun playing at normal speed against <laughs> people. It's like oh good, yeah. You're just sitting there like oh that ship is going to make it there eventually. It's going to be so <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's why you should build everything close to your main base, master. Well, that's probably a good point. You know, I mean, you know, that's just, yeah. Uh, I recently, I've been playing, this thing is just so uh, addictive to me, partly because, uh, so you mentioning the speed there. Uh, a lot of games have, and this is by necessity because it's part of how the design works, specifically in real-time games. A lot of games will have pacing issues where certain bits have exciting stuff happening and certain bits you're just waiting for something or you're waiting uh, to get enough i spend a lot of off-world trading company waiting to get like i just need five thousand more bucks right uh, but this game that i've been playing lately no waiting it's turn-based so that helps but it's super smartly made to where there's always something that's going to happen uh, there's always something that you're going to do to change something or to level something up or to find something new. And uh, this is a game called Space Tyrant. And I did a podcast mm. with the developer from it last week. But this week I've unlocked one of the new factions. And it's super cool going through and just discovering the dynamics with all the different – with how different the ships are, how different the cards are that they get. They're different leaders. Uh, just discovering a new faction in that is is just super gratifying because it changes up the gameplay. 
so I'm still spending a lot of time with Space Tyrant. What what level are you in Space Tyrant, McMaster? That's like the one of those three games that I haven't bought that all came out around the same time. <laughs> well, you know, you're the same level as me because there's no levels in Space Tyrant. Oh, that's hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> there are levels in Pit People, though, which which Sarah has already played through completely once. I'm really frustrated with Pit People because I don't – I. Like when I'm losing battles, I feel like I, I'm not being given the information to know why I'm losing the battles. I, I want more information. Is that is that weird? I don't think that's weird. I just think that they don't, you know, that that's something they they don't care about that much, you know. It's like that's they're, they're all style. It, it really is. That is a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah and, and boy, what style it is. Like, I love that oh, music yeah. and just the look of it and their sense of humor. Oh, yeah. God. The narrator is like the best thing in yeah. the world. It is so freaking funny. So did Sarah have any problems with the difficulty level? Because I, I, I was going along the campaign missions and got into one where I was just like, my guys keep dying, and I don't know. Should I bring yeah. a healer? Should I bring one of the big bruisers who takes up two spaces? Uh, I, I, I think pet people got too hard for me. Yeah, she's – well, she's played like 51 hours. So uh, I guess you Sarah. get good. In 51 hours, you probably get pretty good at the game. Yeah, and uh, – you know, that's the problem I had, though, too, was that I kept, like, running into um, that issue where I'd, like, just lose a character, and it's like, oh, good, I get to start over. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Uh, and we played a little co-op. It's not that bad, actually. It's kind of interesting. Um, you don't just split characters. You get a whole new team, and there's more more enemies. But we're – like – we each have our own team and co-op? Yeah. And we're yeah. both on the same map? Yeah. And you can change your team up. Like, you can have a different team than your, your friend or whatever. So, like, you can totally do that. But you, you are in charge of your whole crew. It's just, like, there's more monsters, you know? Oh, could my guys come over and punch your guys? I think so, yeah. I I'm starting to not want to do this. <laughs> I'm starting to get a weird feeling about this. One. Oh, it was friendly fire, McMaster. I didn't know you were standing there. Oh my god! My guy didn't see your guy. Yeah, I didn't see your healer was standing there when I punched that hex. Sorry. <laughs> I was just uh, punching and uh, walking forward, and because you didn't get out of the way, it's your fault. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's how I train. Is I punch this hex right here, and if you're standing in that hex, well, you know, that's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, stuff happens, you know. <laughs> Uh, you said uh, Space Tyrant and Pit People are a couple of the games that came out around that same time. Uh, what's the third one you were talking about? Uh, oh, Into the Breach. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I really like Into the Breach. Into the Breach, which – let me know if you agree with this statement, McMaster. Into the Breach is too puzzly. Yeah. Um. There is certainly that aspect, you know. It is a, it is kind of a puzzle game. You know, what I mean, it's like each turn has to be perfect, almost. Not, I mean, you can buy leeway um, by blocking ships coming up and leveling people up, but otherwise your turns have to be really tight. Or you can just suck it up and lose some of the power grid. Yeah, which I've done before too. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah. That's the problem, though. It's like, I hate losing that freaking power grid. 
It, it really uh, does sting. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. I wanted to save the because you also were getting people killed. If it was just right. a power grid, but there were people in those buildings, and now they're dead. And nice move. You feel bad. Right. Exactly. So you know, it's just whatever. And so my whole thing about it being puzzly, I think it's uh, they're they're kind of at least for me. Uh, there are different kinds of gameplay experiences with Into the Breach and Space Tyrant. Space Tyrant is a bunch of crazy stuff is happening. A lot of it's out of my control, but then eventually I wrestle it into control, and now I'm just kicking ass on this map, and I'm a space overlord killing people and destroying stuff. And uh, and every now and then there are dice rolls, uh, and then the combat's kind of random. You don't know what's going to happen. Into the Breach, like I love that it has no randomness and no die yeah. rolls, and uh, it's super deterministic by design. And it just feels like a completely different experience to puzzle out any given turn in Into the Breach versus the, uh, ah, fuck it, I'm going to attack that planet in Space Tyrant. You know, there's sure. very different kind of approaches to, to strategy. Uh, and I'm more yeah. in a Space Tyrant mood these days. But Into the Breach, when you're into that sort of thing, it's pretty brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's an incredibly tight game. Uh, I think... I don't know. Probably, people would probably be upset if I said this. I think it's better than uh, Faster Than Light. Um, so far, I think it's a tighter game experience. Um, I why would someone be upset with you with that? I mean, Faster Than Light. There was a bit of a um, like there was some sort of raw talent there, but I, I could it, it, the whole juggling your crew in Faster Than Light always felt like a bit of a mess to me. Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree with you there. Like, I really, really like Faster Than Light, and I've played it a bunch, but there's always a point in a game of Faster Than Light where I feel like it's starting to be a slog more than a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And End of the Breach doesn't really hit that. The games are a pretty... Or, or if it does, it's brief, because the games are a pretty good length. And if you're not having a great game, it's easy just to abandon and keep a character. So, that, you know, it's not it's not a particularly um, hard uh, or a difficult game to just put it, put down. Right. Um, and they also do something similar to what I was talking about with the new Empire in uh, Space Tyrant. Uh, just the, how different the different factions are and their vehicles. Yeah, yeah. You would never know from just playing through that first faction, like how many crazy things are in store for you with the different oh, vehicles yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love the Rust character. And what do they? What do they do? That's the jet and the one that pushes oh. and the rocket launcher guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the jet's awesome. The jet uh, is awesome, and it, 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 like, there's a, there's kind of a learning curve before you figure out. Yeah. Oh, I'm supposed to fly over something. I, I played the jet wrong so many turns yeah. before. I was like, oh, that's how that works. Uh, yeah, it's it's a weird one too, and it's also really easy to like with the jet to kill your own stuff and do stupid crap, uh, or or screw yourself over because it leaves that big uh, electric cloud. You right, know, right. Um, and that hurts. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, and that that team basically is all about that cloud though, because you've got then you've got the rocket guy who it shoots one out behind him every time he fires. And uh, that's always my favorite is when I get to kill something and stop a mech or, or an, a, a bug from doing something at the same time uh, with the uh, with the smoke cloud. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a really satisfying game when everything clicks, you know. And uh, I, I love the theme. I think the theme's really cool too. Um, Does this mean uh, that you're going to see Pacific Rim in two weeks? Pacific Rim two, 
when it comes out uh, in two weeks? Probably not. I mean, I didn't see the first one. You know, <laughs> so, it's like, the same theme. It's kaiju versus Jaegers. Oh right? yeah, this is like little children this time, right? Is there Charlie Day in this one? Are you talking about Pacific Rim Two? I don't know. I don't watch trailers. Why would I know that? I think there's a bunch of children in this. Don't one. spoil it for me, Master. Children spoil everything when they go into like action movies. I hate that. Oh well, you're gonna have a good time, I bet. <laughs> it's like in the in the uh, Matt once Mad Max got beyond Thunderdome and it, he was like Peter oh. Pan with the lost children. It's like, oh god, ugh. I get just these thought, kids out of this ugh. this franchise. You know? I don't even know why we're talking about that. I I thought we were beyond Thunderdome. Ah, see? <laughs> Master, I'll never I'll never be beyond Thunderdome. I know you won't. I know you won't. It's hard to leave. You know, you're like that. You're like that pilot guy that they run into at the end, and they're trying to make him and his little kid fly. Him. Yeah, or they do, right? They do. Because they never explain too why do they? That's the same gyro captain from Road Warrior. Yeah, it, that movie, man, Beyond Thunderdome, such a mess. <laughs> Master, speaking of messes, do you know what happens on June 29th? Actually, I don't. This is just announced today. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a mess, but I'm not super fond of I'm, I'm totally looking forward to this game, but I am a little skeptical of what they're showing off because it seems goofy. Um, the Crew 2 oh, comes no. out on June 29th, and I loved the first Crew. I oh, love yeah. the open world driving around USA, and they're it's still America in this game, but things like your your car can ramp off of a ramp and turn into an airplane and then fly into the water and turn into a boat. Well, what? <laughs> yeah, that's just that's some James Bond nonsense that I don't need in my open world driving around game. It's it's you know I think what they're doing, McMaster, is the same thing from uh, 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 Steep. Where you could be on skis one moment, and then you change into your snowboard, and then you you paraglide, and then you can eventually they added a jetpack. You just fly around on a jetpack, and any given moment you just call up a menu and choose which of those things you want to do. I think they're trying to do the same thing with the crew too, where hey, if you want to turn your car into an airplane, go for it. If you want to be a boat, do it. I think I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. We'll find out. If you want to be a boat, just man, just do it. <laughs> Any of you want to be a boat, you you need to drive to the marina, park your car, get out of the car, walk to the boat, untie the knot where the string holds the boat to the dock, and then float out to sea. That's how you turn into a boat, McMaster. Well. Do you know what you call the thing that holds the string to the dock? Oh, um, they call those – I can't remember. I think I know this from Jaws. Cleats. Cleats. Isn't that oh, a cleat? Sorry. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe. That's good enough. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's my nautical uh, authority is, I, is, is knowing that word. Yeah. Cleat, porthole, uh, bow and stern, starboard, uh, port, um, and mast. You that's what you call a flagpole on a ship is a mast. A mast? Yeah. I don't know that's if you need some that. some moon man language. <laughs> you better learn that if you're going to play Sea of Thieves, by the way. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Have you looked at Sea of Thieves? No. How would I get to look at that? You have to have an Xbox One or you have to be willing Windows. to go to the Windows Store. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that will get me to the Windows Store, and this is going to happen in about 60 days, is State of Decay 2. Well, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. yeah. Until that happens, I, I just have no reason to ever go to a Windows Store. Yeah. Well, you know they got that Xbox Games Pass. What's that? I actually don't. Well, I couldn't tell you the first thing about what they're doing so, with the Xbox. 
the thing about it that uh, I don't know if it's they'll, I don't know if they'll eventually cut this off or not. But the Xbox Games Pass, you can subscribe to it. It's like ten bucks a month. Oh, and they they give you access to like new titles, including State of Decay and Sea of Thieves, when they come out with Play Anywhere, aka Windows Ten. So I just I'm gonna subscribe to that and play Sea of Thieves for ten dollars for a few days and then stop. Right. Like, I mean, it's like, I think it's a cool looking game. I think it's really, really nice looking game. And I think the sailing's really fun and stuff. But I think once you've sailed through three or four of those missions, found treasure and returned them and someone shot at you or whatever the hell, uh, I think you're done. I mean, that's pretty much how that game looks. Because there's no, there's no leveling up or loot or stuff, right? No. Yeah. Right. So the whole How do you thing- have a game without that stuff? That makes no sense. They're 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 leaning really heavily on this PvP thing, and I think they're going to run into the trouble that I've seen just people talk about constantly. Is like some people, if they do that, people don't like PvP. You know, you're going to drive away a lot of people, and some people think it's exciting to be chased around by a bunch of people in a ship trying to get away from them and t- turn your treasure in. Some people find that irritating. So, Wait, so there, what does treasure do if there's no leveling up or gear? Okay, so the only thing that you would level in the game is your reputation with different factions. And oh. those factions can give you better quests to go find better treasure. And it's – the treasures – yeah, I, I don't think there's anything that – I mean, it's mostly cosmetic. So it's a faction reputation grind treadmill. Right, and on top of that, like I said, you go do these quests, but if you're on the way back and somebody wants to shoot you and take your treasure, then, well, screw you. And that's fine, but it just like seems like a weird thing for them to lean heavy into with so little else in the game. I mean, and a $60 price tag. Oh, yeah, full price. That's like the part that I was like, well, this is going to be something else for these guys. Because <laughs> it sounds awfully sandboxy. Like, hey, oh. dude, yeah, I, that's what I said. I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know if they realize this, but on Steam, you can probably pay $10 and find a game with more content that has right, right. Rough, rough, <laughs> roughly decent graphics. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just like, I, I like Rare. But for me, it's been a long time since Rare made a game that made me just go like, "Wow!" You right, know? Right. I mean, it's like they—they've made those. They made mostly what kid games and stuff. Like they're real. Well, they made your little avatars on the Xbox. Oh, did they? <laughs> That's Rare. Yeah, that was their. That was Rare's talent at work is making those freaky little avatar things. Oh, yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I used my postage stamp size Alec Baldwin still. Thank you. Uh, McMaster, for my naval needs, oh, do you know no. about a game called Deluvion? Of course not. It's a little <laughs> obscure. It's a submarine. It's not really open world. It's kind of open world-ish. That sounds cool. <laughs> it, it, it's a submarine game where you're driving a submarine around, and when you dock or come to a city or uh, like find a, a little a place to explore, it goes to a life aquatic like cutaway. 2D display of the inside of the ship and the station, and you move your dude around in there. And oh, you wow. like open the chests or you sell your loot or whatever, and then you get back in your submarine and you're in a little 3D. Uh, it's a third-person perspective submarine driving around underwater. Uh, and the reason that I'm reminded of it 
is just today they announced that uh, it's still in beta, this, this update. Uh, and it sounds like the beta is a little bit shaky, so I would hold off on this. But they just announced that they have added the the ability to save anywhere. Because previously, there were mm-hmm. these save fish things. Uh, I think you could save when you go to a base. But they wanted the tension to be there of, oh, gosh, I have to get back to a base to be safe. Uh, if I go too far out, I'm vulnerable, uh, which I'm okay with. But there's this whole thing that people might want to quit and stop playing at a certain point because something comes up. And they don't have time to, to float back to base or whatever. So Diluvion is working on this Save Anywhere feature, which reminds me of mm, a complaint about another recent game. Oh, yeah, I couldn't think of it. Um, <laughs> Kingdom Come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they actually, I used that earlier tonight. I streamed Kingdom Come earlier tonight. Did you yeah. Save Anywhere? I saved and quit. That's Sweet. the only. That's what they they didn't put save anywhere in, but they did save and quit. Wait, so. oh well, that's save anywhere because you can save and quit anywhere. It's not like right, right, right. it's not like I guess I guess maybe our term. It's not, not save and then reload if you don't like what happens. It's not a hateable save, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but neither is it save schnapps only either. By the way, yeah. Uh, which you know the only problem I have with that is just the fact that it's a pain. Uh, like I. Have you made the schnapps like at the table, like done? done? I, I have not gone back in since the patch, and I put it down because I couldn't figure out lock picking to save my life. Uh, oh, it, it was miserable. I figured it out, but I broke way too many lock picks after a while. But it, it's better now. Um, but yeah, the alchemy stuff's kind of interesting. But super oh no, no, I have done that. Right, right. I haven't yeah, made yeah. Safe schnapps, but I've definitely messed around. With it. It's just another example of their unique a- approach to what they're doing. Like that alchemy yeah. stuff is just ridiculous in a good way I, I think it's like really this is what i gotta do okay i'm on board with this yeah yeah i mean it was it's just i don't know like i uh that game is something else i mean i'm i've played a lot of it though i mean i don't you know it's not like i can complain i've gotten 32 hours out of it so. what was that mmo from way back when and i want to say it was like on one of sony's services might have been a Brad McQuaid thing, like Vanguard, which had this super complex crafting where you would cut down a tree and then you would shave the wood away. And then oh, you God. Would, I think that was Vanguard. Wasn't and it would have little mini games and each step took different resources and you would put together components. It also had when you had interacted with NPCs, it had a little card game where you'd have debates and you would, there was literally a race card you could play to say, hey, elves <laughs> are superior. You're a jerk. Uh, was that Vanguard? <laughs> Uh, I I don't remember, but it sounds like Vanguard. That was the game I always really wanted to get into, but it just couldn't. Well, that whole when that whole alchemy screen when I saw that in Kingdom Come Deliverance, I was like, yeah, this reminds me of because I liked that stuff in Vanguard. It was weird and uh, it was like different, and it wasn't just like click a button and wait on a cooldown. It wasn't crafting like that. You know, each step would have different risks and different kinds of requirements, and I, I liked that. It was like a, it's almost like a city builder in a way with with resource management. Uh, so when I saw just how complex and, and ridiculously interactive the potion making was in Kingdom Come Deliverance, I was like, yeah, this is cool. I'm on board with this. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a game that I'm actually really uh, that I really like. Uh, it's but it is certainly. Interesting. Like when I was streaming earlier tonight, some. Oh, I think I actually. I think my main quest is broken now. 
<laughs> like I wouldn't talk Did to you break it or there's some glitch still glitch issue oh it's I think well I think this is pretty much a glitch issue I, I talked to this Sir Radzig guy right then he gets he's like I need to speak with you he gets on his horse and he starts sliding across the countryside oh just now, yeah save but, and reload but no just wait yeah oh yeah yeah save and reload so I felt I was curious I was like huh so so I walked with Sir Radzig while he slid through the country, and eventually he got off his horse, started walking, and he and he wants to talk to me, and then he tells me about something that happened well before what I talked to him about last time, and tells me to go take care of it, but I've already fixed it, so I can't take care of it. Oh, you know what, McMaster? I know how to get around that. Um, update your drivers. Oh, okay, yeah, that's probably a good point. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'll fix that right away. <laughs> so, all right. Well, McMaster, that's a that's a podcast. We talked about. I was keeping tally here. Eleven. Oh shoot, we should make it an even dozen. We talked about eleven games. Quick, bring mm-hmm. up a twelfth. Rising Sun. That's a board game. <laughs> uh, if you uh, want to sni- open that door, McMaster, we're going to go to twenty-four games. Sniper Elite for. Uh, oh yeah, you I- said you finished it. What, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. But but it's not you don't finish it because that's got a, a a super extended like leveling grind doesn't it like you go back and you play missions and you unlock yeah. new stuff and you collect things and you get another gun and you level that up right right yeah but I mean I just was going through the campaign you know the mission mission and then like I got to, got this one mission doing all this stuff and I'm streaming it and left empty's like well looks like a end of the game here and I was like what are you talking about. A lot of game left, and I shoot it, and then like you know a few things, and then like the credits roll. So <laughs> like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, but could, that's not the end of the game by any stretch of the imagination. Oh no, no, I uh, I, I then moved on to the um, Hitler DLC. And oh, did stuff. you kill him? Oh yeah, yeah. I, it was kind Sweet. of funny. It's like I go, I, I beat like the first part of the DLC, and then I get in, and they're like, oh, Hitler's going to be touring this place, you know, and all this. And I'm like up on this perch, and I'm like, well, I guess I better start moving into position. And then it's like, hey, there's Hitler. <laughs> I shot him and left. <laughs> I guess that's how assassination works when you think about it. And I was like, hey, look at that Hitler. He sure is dead. <laughs> but, McMaster, you're playing that game as if you were an elite sniper. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but I'm four elite snipers. <laughs> uh, all right, McMaster, so that's 12 games that we've four. mentioned. That might be a record for us. The Dirty Dozen. Yeah. So, McMaster, I'm really sorry to hear that you're about to get fired from the White House, but that means more time for you to join me in Metal Gear Survive. Oh, yeah. Because I need help collecting more. I need copper for bullets. Uh, I just need, I need lumber for arrows. I keep running out of arrows. So I need you to help me collect some of that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no problem. I'll, I'll send you all my lumber. I'll send you. Yeah, go ahead, finish, uh, finish up this Vermintide Two game. I'll give you another day for that. Uh, uh, thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, get to the end of that, and then I need your help in Metal Gear Survive. All right. All right, makes sense. Yeah, well, I'll be right over. Yeah. All right, good. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you guys next week. I'm Tom Chick. I've been here with Jason McMaster, who's on Twitter at McMaster. Uh, <laughs> go on and, and grief him there because the president says he's too rigid. And his briefings go on too long, and they seem irrelevant. That is uh, Donald Trump's opinion, according to the Washington Post. Man, that beautiful man.